This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the latest inflation numbers from your part of the world, Ed. And uh, the cost of living has climbed to its highest level in 40 years in January, with prices rising by 7.5% from a year ago. It's certainly been driven by COVID-19's global impact on trade and a lack of supply. Was this number what was expected or is there worse to come? I think the whole world is feeling the inflation pinch right now. And in the U.S., expectations were pretty high. We were going to have another 7% or higher reading. The consensus was between 7 and 7.6. So we're at the upper boundaries of what economists were thinking. It did trigger a significant reaction. It really made swap markets start to price in a much more aggressive first Fed rate hike and from going from just the 25 basis point increase to a half point. And also uh, you you could throw on another rate hike and you you had a lot of analysts go ahead and bump up their forecast for 2022 rate hikes. So now you're you're seeing the market start to price in um, around six rate hikes for the year. And uh, I I think that uh, this is a a lot more aggressive tightening than, um, you know, markets were thinking at the beginning of the year. So it's definitely, um, you know, some concern as inflation continues to accelerate. Um, but I, I think the one of the key takeaways, and, and this is what's going to be very important to remember, is that despite all the pricing pressures and and uh, the, you know, impressive consumer demand that we're still seeing, um, a lot of Fed members still believe that inflation will meaningfully decelerate later this year. And they're also wanting to go ahead and start that balance sheet runoff, which is also tightening. And uh, I think that you're probably going to see that um, that the market is going to start to once again price in that if some of these pricing pressures start to really peak in the next month or two, and uh, you have the base effects, you know, kicking in um, by the summertime, you know, you, you, you could still strong, make a strong case that, you know, by the end of the year, you know, we, we could be talking 4% or even lower inflation. And, and, and the Fed is, is really concerned about the trajectory. So, so I think that these rate hike back bets are accelerated uh, and accelerating. And, and you're probably going to see that uh, the next inflation report is going to be the last major deciding factor for the Fed. And um, there, 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 there is a strong case to be made for a half point, but I think that you should not fully price that in just yet. And it would seem that every time we speak to each other, Ed, usually on a Friday afternoon, my time, the number of rate hikes predicted seems to be going up one by one each time. It was that we started at three, then four, five. And now you've said six today. Those are quite scary numbers for a generation of people who've never really known high interest rates. Yeah, and, and I should correct myself. Uh, the swap traders are pricing in seven rate hikes for the year. So, <laughs> You see what happened there? Actually, no, it's eight now. No, only joking. When do they think inflation is actually going to peak? Well, when we take a look at this inflation report, I, I think there was a f- couple notif- noticeable um, things that, that really... Um, 
provided some optimism. Um, new car prices. It was uh, we snapped the streak of eight months of consecutive uh, like one percent or more gains for for new car prices. It was steady. We had to remind ourselves that uh, you know this inflation report, the, the, the big costs were shelter, energy, gasoline, and you food. I think as well. Food has been um, you know steadily <laughs> rising, um, and and uh, I, I think though that you're you're probably gonna see that uh, if the chip shortage is improving, that is very um, uh, a positive uh, um, factor that could really, I think, uh, um, continue to uh, ease some of these pricing pressures uh, in the next couple months. Um, and energy prices are an interesting story right now because that is the big wild card. But I think there is a strong consensus that uh, you're going to have a lot more output by the summertime. Uh, so the trajectory of inflation should really be peaking in the next couple months. Unless we have another way, uh, somehow we have a new uh, virus variant that just kind of uh, derails um, where the reopening of the economy is going. You know, we're, we're learning to live with COVID, uh, but I, it's, it seems that we're, we're, we're not going backwards. But um, there are risks. You always have to be mindful of that. Um, but uh, I, I think that you could make a strong case that inflation will 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 be peaking very soon, uh, some of the next couple months, and and if if that holds, um, you, your your argument for seven rate hikes uh, might not hold up. <laughs> it's a fascinating period, isn't it, in economic history? What's happening at the moment, and it's set to continue. We'll stay with the same kind of subject and talk about oil. Because it's been a bit of a yo-yo roller coaster week for oil prices. Very much so. I mean, the oil market is very tight, and uh, this week, uh, oil prices, uh, um, the the rally took a break because, well, number one, we we saw uh, a massive move higher in treasury yields. Um, you know, the ten years at two percent. So what does that do? Well, you know, no surprise, we had a stronger dollar, uh, and a stronger dollar is is definitely a headwind for commodities. Uh, but more importantly, the, the the two main factors were there was some optimism that the Ukraine situation was not going to trigger that regional war, um, and uh, there is also um, some progress being touted over Iran nuclear talks, and uh, that the U.S. U.S. officials are growing a little bit more optimistic that we we could see sanction relief that could you know unleash a million barrels per day from Iran. So you go from a mark an energy market where everything was like checked off bullish you know it was like arctic blast u.s production getting disrupted you had opec just refusing to raise output at you know, at levels that would you know match demand and opec plus still not hitting their quotas so it's like you're saying i'm going to do more but you're not even doing what you said you would do uh you, you also had um continued momentum reopening um uh, you know, a lot of countries are easing. Um, a lot of states here in the U.S. are ending mask requirements. Uh, those are going to be kicking in fairly soon. We're going to see people's faces. Um, and and you, you had everything, you know, supply, demand, everything was turning bullish. Now, 
this week, we kind of got a couple things that were saying maybe these could be a little bit bearish drivers for oil. And and considering how far we've run up, oil you know, the oil rally has you know definitely taken a break. Uh, but but I but I think overall crude prices are still looking. There could be a, a significant pullback, but I think energy traders still see this as a very tight market. Optimism over Iran nuclear deal getting you know a framework of a deal getting finalized that that. Uh, uh, the, the, it, it doesn't seem like that can really happen as quickly as uh, <laughs> um, everyone wants. Um, but and, and and I think that you're you're you know you're not going to see a major pivot just yet, um, unless the Saudis decide to um, capitulate and say well, we're going to throw the um, the world a bone and, and, and increase production. Uh, you're, you're you're probably going to see that uh, energy traders are still going to want to buy whatever dip we have. So I think energy prices here will remain volatile, but now you are seeing some possible catalysts for downside risk. So, um, you know, that's why it should be an interesting trade going forward. Let's talk about Bitcoin, Ed, and uh, a bit of a recovery over the last couple of days. Yes, Bitcoin's had uh, quite a a rebound. Uh, I I think that, you know, once we hit that uh, low in January, uh, you know, the, the, there, were, there was that fear that, you know, where this is a major de-risking event and, and um, many traders thought that 30,000 was going to break and then that was going to be game over for a lot of crypto traders. Uh, but no, uh, there, there has been a, um, a fairly um, strong rebound and uh, I, I think that uh, it I think once prices broke above forty thousand, that just was a, a sigh of relief for a lot of traders. And, and now we're we're at a period where you know the the bullish momentum is starting to wane, um, and and I think a lot of that is being attributed to the inflation data that we highlighted just moments ago, uh, the the uh, surging global bond yield environment is is really um, um, making a lot of institutional investors kind of uh, uh, find better opportunities short term uh, than than trading cryptos, and you're you're probably going to see that. Uh, if if this uh, bond market sell-off continues, um, you know cryptos will 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 struggle. I'm not I'm not saying that we're going to have a major sell-off, but um, you'll probably see uh, Bitcoin remain uh, more range-bound. Um, there there hasn't been a lot of progress with cryptos as far as anything on the regulatory side, or um, I think what's the the, the main driver for for Bitcoin for this year uh, is going to be when you might get that physically backed Bitcoin product. And and, and, and until we do, uh, you're, you're, you're seeing a lot of investors uh, in the, the cryptoverse focus on uh, that diversification into other protocols that are in their growth stage. So I, I think that you're, you're, you're probably going to see um, continued momentum here to uh, a lot of these other altcoins um, as, as everyone tries to find out, you know, who could be the Ethereum killer and, uh, I, I think that you know the the trade on wall on on cryptos is it has really been well you know scatter your bets across Solana, Avalanche, Terra Luna, Polkadot, and and one of those um, could really have a, a you know a record year that you know rivals what we saw um, what, what Ethereum did last year. So um, there there's there's a lot of upside here um, or optimism for upside um, as far as you know the cryptos you know have survived. Yet another, you know, crash. You know, whenever you, you fall well over 50%, uh, that's <laughs> a lot of investors can't stomach that. Crypto traders, they're used to it, and uh, now um, you're probably going to see um, um, 
I think the rebound has definitely, you know, run its course and you're, you're probably going to see more of a choppy environment here. I think, I think, uh, until we get past this, uh, March fed rate hike, uh, it, it could be a very difficult environment here and, and cryptos will mainly trade, I think as a risky asset until we see major developments on the regulatory side. Well, it's been a busy couple of weeks, Ed, for markets. What should we look out for over the next seven days or so? I think the focus right now is primarily on geopolitical risks. I think, you know, over the weekend, we'll we'll be hearing from uh, the Secretary of State. Uh, Blinken is, is going to speak to um, his counterparts in Japan and South Korea. Uh, North Korea's nuclear missile uh, program is, is really um, uh, a risk that uh, kind of, you know, doesn't make the front page, but uh, it is still a big one. Um, and th- those discussions are are going to uh, be the, I think, the focal point, uh, you know, over the weekend. Um, and and then we have lots of meetings uh, throughout this week. Uh, EU trade ministers uh, will gather in France. Um, there, there's, I, th- I think that what we're, we're probably going to see is that um, everyone. Um, is battling inflation, and uh, you're, you're probably going to see that the market has has grown extremely nervous that you're not going to uh, see uh, um, any immediate relief, and uh, there's there's pressure uh, for these you know finance ministers, central bankers uh, to uh, um, go over their strategies as far as tightening cycles because the global economic recovery is, 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 is clearly uh, unbalanced. And uh, I think there's uh, concerns as far as uh, making sure that, um, you know, financial conditions don't, you know, completely get disrupted here. So, so uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be, we'll, we'll be hearing from a lot of key officials, finance ministers at the G20. Uh, they gather on the 17th and 18th. Um, and so, so I, so I think that uh, a lot of the focus this week is is going to be on, on, uh, on hearing from these leaders. Um, you're you're uh, also going to see that uh, earnings season is winding down. Uh, the, one of the last big ones that we'll get is Walmart. Uh, Walmart will, will report on the on Thursday, and uh, I think that's uh, going to provide us with a. a better as the latest assessment as far as how global transportation is really impacting um, um, Walmart and uh, we'll, we'll get a better sense on price pressures and, and, and the labor market squeeze uh, is it are, are there any hopes of optimism there because if if you start to hear a couple giants become a little bit more upbeat on the inflationary side then watch out you'll, you'll see the, the the markets are really going to uh, um, react to that. Um, I, I think I think that uh, you know the the, the, fo- the situation over Iran nuclear talks, Ukraine is fluid, and that's always going to be a front page news for uh, here in the U.S. The there's a lot of data, and there's the Fed minutes, and uh, uh, the Fed minutes might provide more clarity as far as how the Fed might go about uh, that balance sheet uh, runoff, and uh, um, I think the the rate hike data supersedes uh the inflation data supersedes any comments we might get about rate hikes at that fomc uh, minutes so um maybe not the most market moving minutes uh this time just because uh what's happened since then has been uh, much more meaningful um and and uh i think uh you'll you'll also see that uh, uh germany's uh, schultz is, is going to be very busy talking to the ukraine president and also uh, uh president putin um, throughout this week, and uh, you know uh, the 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 data 
um, abroad is is going to be um, a lot of emphasis on CPI. You know, the Czech, India will be uh, having their inflation reports out, um, and later in the week we'll hear from Spain as well. And I, I think that um, you know, and, and for the UK, uh, it's a very busy week with jobless claims, unemployment, uh, and and also we'll have uh, CPI as well there. So um, lots of data to, to process. Um, rate decisions are fairly quiet. Turkey has one. Um, you know, Turkey's been one of the more exciting FX trades. Uh, this time, um, analysts are, are in complete agreement that they're going to hold off on uh, any moves. And uh, I think that's right now provided some stability for the Turkish lira. So uh, it's a it's a very um, busy week as far as minor uh, economic releases, but um, I think that um, we'll probably see more of the focus being on geopolitical risks, and uh, there's a ton of central bank and uh, government speak this week. Sounds very busy indeed. Ed, thanks very much for joining us today. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. This is the Oanda Podcast.